and we're live hello everybody and hello dane hey buddy my friend my companion alec Batoski. my lucha libre yes uh welcome everybody this is episode five of the co-op zone I uh, hope everybody had a nice break and holidays season and New Year's. Um, how was your time, Alec? It was it was pretty good. I I haven't really done anything for New Year's in the past couple of years. Usually just watching a movie, usually a Jim Carrey movie, and just lay in bed and eat some food. But this time we actually went out and hung out with some friends, did some drinking, had some fun. All good. right. Yeah, uh, I typically don't really make New Year's that big of a deal either. Um, you know, maybe once in a while I'll go see fireworks and stuff, mm-hmm. but I typically don't do much. So just relax with the girlfriend, just chilled. Um, but it does bring me to uh, a little story that I'd like to say for Ooh. New Year's Eve. So on Tuesdays, uh, those are typically the days where my girlfriend and I We'll go and see a movie because uh, the theater that we like, they do uh, $5 ticket days uh, every Tuesday, and mm-hmm. it's all day. So just 5 bucks for all tickets, and you don't really have to you know, be a part of anything. You just get $5 tickets. So that's typically when we go and see movies. So uh, she texted me earlier that day, and she's like, all right, what do you want to see? And I'm like, hey, uh, Jumanji. Jumanji 2 is out. And... Uh, I enjoyed the first one, which a lot of people completely ignore the fact that it's not the original and have no idea that it actually started with Robin Williams, which is a shame because that one's a good movie. But moving on. Uh, So we decided to see Jumanji 2 and she texts me back and she says, all right, uh, I think it was like 535 or something was the show time. So I'm like, "Okay, cool. Uh, So I'm waiting for... um, she gets to my place and we start driving to the theater and we're a little scared that we're not going to make it on time, but everything seems okay. And we already have the tickets and the seats and everything. So we start, uh, looking for a spot to park, park, get into the theater. And, uh, the very first theater was, uh, was displaying cats. And I, I looked at it and I was like, that's funny. I was like, we're going to see cats, right? And then like we both joked because it, it was a funny joke. Because like who would, who would go see cats? So yeah, right. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go to the bathroom first. So I go to the bathroom and then I go back to her and she was waiting outside. And we start heading back to the front of the theater. And there's that only theater is in the front of the theater, the, the one with cats. And I was like, oh, so she's playing a joke on me now. So we, we start walking towards it, and I'm just, like, laughing. I'm like, ha-ha, but we're, like, we're going to be late for the movie because, like, we're, we're, you know, approaching the, the start time. Yeah. And, and then we actually start walking into the theater, and I was like, man, she's really dedicated on this joke. Like, she, like, we're, like, she's actually going into the theater with cats in it. And then, and then we actually, like, sat down in seats. And I was just like, oh, God, I don't think she's joking anymore. <laughs> and that's the story of how I saw all of Cats. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let me get started on Cats. She, so she bought tickets for Cats and you didn't know it? You thought it was for Jumanji? Correct. Okay. I thought it was maybe a mistake. Nope. I got bamboozled, Alec. That is... 
That's what, bamboozle what, if I ever heard one. Yeah, one of, one of the worst bamboozles that can happen. <laughs> well, like, tell me, Dane, was it worth the bamboozle? So here's the thing. To laugh at, 100%. <laughs> um but like entertainment wise like just 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 no just no um a- any of you who haven't seen it leave it that way that you, you <laughs> shouldn't see it um so here, here's the thing i get what they were trying to do i had never seen cats so this is my first experience at all with cats and it was not a good one in any way so just the moment it starts off you just can't help but just like laugh the whole time because of how weird and like oddly <laughs> creepy it looks. Yeah. Like all they had to do was make it so they were just animated cats. Like they could have done the exact same thing, but with actual cat faces and just had the voices from all these actors and actresses. But instead yeah. they were like, Hey, let's put James Corden's body <laughs> on a really fat cat. And you're just like, Oh, what? It, it's just weird. It's really weird. And then they're all doing like cat movements and like licking themselves. And, and it's, it's really strange. And um, so it's like, this okay. Is a big budget movie. I'm assuming it must have been a huge budget. Yeah. I think the movie lost like a hundred million or something crazy because <laughs> no one went and saw it. But <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing is that like they put so much effort into like CGI to make the cats look realistic and stuff. Uh-huh. but it was kind of strange because they tried to make the proportions correct in terms of like real world sizing. So they're all cats. So it's right. not like they're human size. They're like literally small. So when they're like going up and down steps and dancing, like they're having to hop from step to step and stuff, but uh-huh. it wasn't always consistent. So one moment they look really small. And then like the next moment they're, they're dancing on a, on a, a railway for trains and they're all of a sudden like tiny like really small and then in the next moment like they seem kind of bigger so it was just very strange like the sizing and stuff and and that that was kind of throwing me off um then again they were also human cats so you're kind of thrown off from the moment it starts and it's a musical so i was like okay maybe like at least the songs are good and redeem it because it's such a famous, you know, musical that it's got to have good music because of that. And the last musical I saw was the greatest showman. That was a really good movie. And the the music was great. Uh, the acting was great. I really enjoyed it. So it's not like just because it's a musical, I'm going to hate it. Right. I couldn't understand a word from any of these songs. I had no idea what they were singing about or even what they were saying. Yeah, Literally the first singing. Uh, the, the first 20 minutes of the movie, I, was, I I whispered to Jess, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> it's just a bunch of human cats just dancing around the whole time. And I don't even know why I could like the, the chorus on some of them I could like understand, but then that was it. So, but were any of them good? So they were probably two songs um there's a song that's like memories all alone in the moonlight which i didn't even Uh know that was from cats Uh i just knew that was like a famous song yeah Yeah. so i was like oh cool because i always throw that back to uh uh school of rock school of rock when uh uh 
uh, uh, what's her name? Cosgrove. Yeah. Miranda Cosgrove um, starts singing it randomly. And then Jack Black like tells her to stop. And I've like been singing that part for like years. And then all of a sudden it started being sang in the, the, the movie. And I was like, Oh, cool. I guess I know where that's from now. Uh, but other than that, there was like one tap dancing song that was only cool because it involved tap dancing and tap dancing is kind of cool. Yeah. I love tap dancing. Other than that, um, Taylor Swift was in it and she sang a song. Her song was okay, but I'd say it was one of the better songs because I could actually understand every word that she said in it. <laughs> um, so there's that and there Idris Elba was in it and he played like a bad guy but you didn't really know why he was bad or why it mattered and it just kind of seemed like a side thing it didn't really seem to to affect much of the story and uh we get out of it and my girlfriend's like oh so it's about the story of uh the cats and they're trying to give one extra life to an extra cat and it's essentially like the cat going to heaven i think and they were like the whole thing is they have a talent show and then whoever wins the talent show uh, gets that extra life. And I was like, I did not catch on to that at <laughs> all. <laughs> I was like, thank you for, for seeing uh, a part of that for me and like realizing what's going on because I, I couldn't get it. I had no idea what was happening. And uh, the other thing that I really couldn't stand was most musicals in between their songs, like there's actual like dialogue you know Uh like people actually have a conversation with each other and stuff and then you use songs to progress the story yeah this was song 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 there was literally maybe a paragraph of dialogue in the entire movie sick It, it just moves from song to song and the songs weren't that great in my opinion so i was just like oh my god it just went from song to song. Like the, the song would end and then uh, the main cat would like leave the area, go check out something else, meet some new people. And I was like, all right, she'll have a conversation with them. And they introduce themselves in a song. I'm like, oh, well, was that how the play was too? I don't know so I, I haven't seen the play. So that's why I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the same uh, guy that wrote, cats also wrote um um phantom of the opera yeah yeah, and that's my girlfriend's favorite uh play and she said that one even had more uh dialogue and stuff in between the songs and she thought it was strange that this one had just straight uh songs the whole time Uh, and she hadn't seen cats either uh she just liked the guy that made it because he made phantom of the opera right um so Oh, and then it got even weirder, right? So there's human faces on the cats. And then they introduce some mice. And the mice have have human faces on them too, dude. Oh, God. And they were like children. So it was really creepy. All these little children's faces on these tiny little mice. And then they have cockroaches. And the cockroaches are humans, dude. It was so weird. I was just like, who who thought of this? That's like very interesting. The movie would have What? Who directed it? Um I can't remember. But it had such a great cast. Yeah. And I I feel like it was just literally thrown away because 
if they just made the exact same thing but without the human faces on it, it would have been much more like easy to watch and not as polarizing. Or if they just literally made an animated movie, but everyone is still voiced and sung by all the famous uh, actors and actresses. I, yes. I feel like it easily it would have been, have been a point or two higher. Yeah. But it's just so off-putting the whole time that it's just weird and strange. And you don't really get used to it by the end either. It just continues to be weird. It was a horror movie. An unexpected horror movie. Basically. <laughs> and I, I, I only watched it because I had to. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, let me let me know if you want a drink or something in the middle of the movie. I'll I'll gladly go out and and get you something." <laughs> like, I never walk out of movies to go to the bathroom. Like, if I pay for that movie, like I'm gonna sit that whole way through. And I was this just like, you know what? Where you're like, I need to go to the bathroom even if I don't have to. Basically, you're just like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna go get some snacks. You want anything? I'm gonna get in the car, go to McDonald's, uh, go get some food, bring it back. Anything yeah. you want? Let me know." <laughs> oh and uh there was this uh, little girl sitting behind us and uh, every time a song would come to an end she would just start clapping like we were at an actual play it was so funny <laughs> uh, but yeah uh i i was not the biggest fan of it uh maybe like even if like the storyline because that's the thing right if the storyline and everything wasn't in music maybe i would have understood what was going on more but because mm-hmm. everything is explained in songs and I couldn't really understand the songs very well, I had no idea what was going on. So even just adding dialogue to progress some of the story parts would have helped a little bit. But the movie could have been better without the weird look. But I I, I would not recommend it. It's not a very enjoyable time in my opinion. And uh, I'm sure none of you have seen it, so keep it that way. <laughs> Is it one of the worst movies you've seen in a while? In theaters, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm trying to think of the last bad movie I saw. Because I, I typically won't i I typically see movies that get like decent <laughs> reviews. Yeah, but that's different, right? Because like you're gonna see that regardless of the reviews. Yeah. whereas this is just like oh maybe i was interested in cats but then like they said it was really bad so you're like eh and listen to them listen to the reviews on that one guys don't go see it um i would probably give it go like a return my tickets now Oh, you can't return your tickets alec i'm sorry Uh shit you have to go now might as well just stay home yeah, might as well just, yeah, stay home. Or give them to, like, a homeless person. That would be nice. Give them to a cat. Give them to... Oh, my God, that reminds me. They made so many cat puns, and I'm just like, no, <laughs> stop. You've got to like, be kidding me. They'd be like, oh, cat got your tongue? I'm like, oh, my God, stop it. <laughs> just, 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 just don't. Just don't. <laughs> and it was the whole movie, too. That's so funny. There was one part where one of the cats is like locked up and then she's sitting there for like half the movie chained up and then at the end of the movie suddenly decides to just unzip her cat suit 
and she's just like a cat underneath her cat suit, but she's wearing like a dress. So she's able to get out because the she like slides out of the cat suit. And I was just like, why have you been sitting here for half the movie if you can just unzip your cat suit and get out of it? And what? now all of a sudden you're just like, you know, not tied up anymore. Like you could have done that immediately. Why did you wait this long to do this? It wasn't like, oh, suddenly you got a power or you found a key or something like that. You could have right. done this the whole time. So she has a cat wearing a cat suit? It It's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. Was that a life? Does everybody have nine cats? No, suits see that would make the movie too cool if like they actually put thought into that stuff. Which I mean if they're going off the source material again, I haven't seen it, so maybe it's very like direct from the source material. It just looks weird. I don't yeah. know. I've never seen cats. Uh but wasn't the biggest fan of it. So first impression of cats, not good. No boy, no. Not good. Oh, um, good. Cause but yeah, I, I don't need to watch it. You shouldn't. <laughs> I, I haven't, I can't remember the last movie that I've literally seen in theaters where I was like, that was terrible. I'll wait till it goes on Netflix and then kind of stream through it and see all the Yeah, watch bits. the first like. 10 minutes and then just laugh at it and then that's the rest of the movie you have to watch the part where they meet like the fat cat yeah um i want to see the cockroaches honestly yeah i saw pictures of the cats and i'm like those are already weird but cockroaches and mice yeah this is it's in that same uh scene where they meet the fat cat which is in the beginning okay it's like after the first song uh they see her and then she starts the second song and I'm just like, oh my god! Like she has her legs up in the air, and you're just like thinking of a human because there's a human face, and, and she's her legs are up in the air, just like licking herself. And I'm just like, how is that? Like that doesn't look suitable for kids, first of all, because yeah, they have rated? human. It was rated, uh, I think, PG. Whoa! It's a kid-friendly movie, and I was just like, if they didn't have human <laughs> faces on it, then yeah, sure, that's funny because like animals lick themselves haha but like it's an actual human like licking themselves down there i was just like this is weird <laughs> yeah they just straight up have them fucking <laughs> it's okay it's just animals it's not real oh man yeah rated pg for animal sex um yeah that was that was strange um i I think that's pretty much all i have to say about cats though i don't know if i want to talk about it anymore it's been almost 20 minutes talking about cats so i I think that's enough (laughs) that's more than enough for cats unless you have any questions that you'd like to ask me about the movie uh not the moment all right if you think of any any cat stuff let me know later on Uh, i'll let you know any any cat puns any any cat pause pause um yeah so overcooked (laughs) wait what i was like overcooked (laughs) okay um so now that we got that out of the way yeah let's go into uh basically what we've been playing uh over the last couple weeks during this break all right so um yeah i forgot to say the the one thing that did happen it wasn't New Year's, but for, for Christmas, I got a Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's Light. right, guys. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yes, Alec finally got a Switch. 
Yeah. Courtesy of uh, your brother? Uh, my brother and his girlfriend. Like the whole family, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. He's now a part of the club, finally. Oh, yeah. The Nintendo Club. It's taken... So I, haven't, uh, I haven't had a actual system since the Wii. I've, I skipped on the Wii U. My brother has one. You mean Nintendo system? Yeah, 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 Nintendo system. Well, you had a 3DS. I did have a 3DS. That was a good system. Yeah, I can't forget about that. It's just gone yeah. obsolete because of the Switch now. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, makes sense. There's no real point to having it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, like, it's smaller, I guess, and has the 3D, More but portable. other than that, like, the Switch does everything better and has way more games. Yeah. Because that's what was getting annoying was after they released the Switch and then they're like, and here's a new 3DS game. You're sitting there just going like, how about you release that on the Switch instead or as well? Mm-hmm. Like I remember they made uh, Samus Returns. Or sorry, Metroid Samus Returns. And they put that on the 3DS and people were just like, why can't you have just made that for the Switch? Yeah, I don't know if, we're, if we want to talk about actually like reviewing the system, but that's one of the things that I noticed playing the Switch is how bad Nintendo is at porting and bringing games from other systems to their new one. Okay, um, so that's a great point. So, uh, guys, we're going to make another episode, most likely next episode, uh, and we're going to go all about uh, Alex's experiences with the Switch um, since it's his first time owning the console um, and what he thinks about it now. Um and just to clarify, uh, he has the Switch Lite, uh, yeah. so that is the version that he got the new one. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to so, be a little bit of a bias, because I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, um, so there is that, although it is the cheaper one. Like, to be honest, it's pretty cheap, like 200 bucks. Um, I think they got it for cheaper, because they got it on Black Friday, and they just kind of saved it. Okay, cool. Yeah, because uh, to be honest, what, what that offers for 200 bucks in my opinion, is a steal. Uh, but we'll yeah. we'll get into um, all the specifics and what Alec thinks about it and stuff and get into uh, some more Switch talk, uh, including uh, thinking about um, the rumors uh, recently about a new Switch coming out this year. Uh, so we'll dive into that next episode. Uh, so uh, be sure to turn, tune in for that because uh, that one be a good will be yeah, a fun one. Yeah, I'm looking one. forward to that. Uh, and he has got uh, Zelda as well, uh, so we'll get his opinions on that uh, and just take a deep dive into everything. Um, so moving on uh, from that, uh, going back to uh, what I said before. So what we were playing uh, over the break, um, so, we'll talk I about that. You, you were playing uh, uh, Star Wars, right? Yeah, so I've been playing Overcooked and Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, obviously Overcooked is the better game. Yeah. So let's start with Overcooked. So Overcooked has been out for a while now. I think it came out, what, like 2016 or 2017. Mm-hmm. One of those. And I always thought it looked really fun. Um, but it's a typical like co-op game where it's not that great playing it in single player. So, right. you know, I was just. I never got around to it because I didn't have a lot of people to play with locally. And I don't think it doesn't have online multiplayer. So it's kind of weird, but okay. Yeah. yeah why, why wouldn't they have that? I don't know. 
Um, I think it was a pretty small developer when they made the first one. So maybe they just didn't have the resources and stuff. Um, But it is way more fun, like, in a room. Yeah. I mean, that's that's for all co-op games, though, to be honest. All co-op games are better when everyone's in the same room. Mm -hmm. And uh, this game's really great with that. So you can play up to four players, um, but I I was looking for a game... Uh, to play with my girlfriend because we beat Donkey Kong um, and we still have one more secret level to beat on that before we get like the last island or whatever but um, we uh, we're kind of looking for another game so they had a holiday sale for the Switch and I'm like this is a perfect game to have on the Switch and then also like it's just a great game overall to like play specifically, you know, like with your girlfriend or a friend or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I, I got it. It was on sale. I think it was like six seventy five for the special edition. And that comes with the DLCs and all the updates and, and everything. And, uh, overcooked two is out. So this one's kind of old by now. Um, so that's why it was pretty cheap, but definitely worth it. So I'll just start off the bat. I highly recommend this game. It's very fun. If you're looking for a co-op game, um, it's great that it can be played with up to four people. I feel like it would be very chaotic with up to four people because it's already chaotic with just two people. Um, uh-huh. I couldn't even imagine four people running around in these kitchens. So it's it's pretty basic. Um, each person is a chef. And you have boxes that hold your materials, um, you know, like lettuce, tomatoes, and stuff. And then there's a a cutting board and then there will be like a pot or a pan or something that you cook stuff on and then plates and you have to put everything on the plate and then you have to deliver it and then when it's done being delivered after a little bit of time they'll send you back a dirty plate and now you have to go wash that plate to put the next item on it and they'll have multiple plates and stuff and it's very chaotic and it's very fun so it starts off pretty easy like you're, you know, like you don't have to get a ton of orders and stuff, and the recipes are pretty basic. So all you have to do is throw some stuff together for a little bit. And uh, each world, um, so it's kind of like Mario in the sense that they'll do like, you know, one 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 two one three, and then two one two one two or two 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 three, uh, like that kind of formula. Wait, and for what? For the the worlds and the the levels. Oh, okay, for sure, for sure. Okay, so there's levels. Yeah, yeah. and like like each each world, um, they're all on the same map, but like each different world will have like a different theme. So like one will be like ice themed, one will be space themed, stuff like that. Okay. And I've been having a great time with it. Uh, So it starts off pretty simple, Um, but each each world they add like a new recipe. Mm Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden now you're doing stews or now you're doing soups and uh, now they're introducing burritos and you have to figure out like how you do certain stuff. Uh, Like one of the DLCs had um, uh, turkeys, turkey dinners, Uh and you get a flamethrower and you have to cook everything with a flamethrower. It's like that was kind of fun, but you can't keep the flamethrower on your back. It's used as an item. So you have to pick it up put the flamethrower on the the turkey and potatoes and stuff and cook it and then take the flamethrower off and now you can pick up the stuff and put it on the plate 
So you can only hold one thing at the same time. And that applies for everything in the game. So that's what makes it complicated is when all of a sudden, like you pick up something on the left side, but the cutting board is over on the right side. Uh And then you have to go put it in the pot and the pot needs three of those. So you have to figure Uh out the best way to get those into the pot as quickly as possible because every Uh level has about like a five minute time limit or so. And you have to get the the points by the end of the, the time period. And then on the top of the screen, they have all the recipes coming in for what people are ordering. And those are what you have to follow. And the closest ones to the left uh, are the ones that have to go out like sooner. So you're just trying to rush those orders out before the time gets uh, to the end. And it is very chaotic and it's very fun. So the first couple times that like you do each level, you kind of suck at it and you're like, okay, you know, we need... 200 points to beat this level or get three stars but we only got like 70 so what's the best way to do this and it's like okay and then like my girlfriend and i will like strategize and be like okay so i'm gonna uh just cut and cook stuff you get all the materials and put them on the table for me to grab them and then you wash dishes as well so each level is different as you do it over and over and redoing the level exactly it's uh it's a lot like Dark Souls, if you will. <laughs> the Dark Souls of cooking games. <laughs> do you ever remember, do you remember that mini game in Mario Party where you have uh, it's two v two, and you have one person having to grab a cake and the other person having to grab a strawberry, and you have to do it in a specific order and it gets like faster and faster. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, specific mini game in Mario Party. It just sort of kind of reminds me of that. Not really running around grabbing stuff, but. Not entirely, because each Mario Party has like a hundred games. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but like that one always stood out to me because the kicks always looked really good. Well, that's what made me wonder. Like after playing this, I was like, this game would work great with desserts. Oh yeah, like a dessert version, and then everything you just like bake it afterwards, and then put it on a plate and serve it. Um, I haven't played Overcooked Two, so I don't know if they added desserts into Overcooked Two. Um, But this has made me really want to get Overcooked 2 because this one has just been so fun. And uh, most of the times we don't get... So there's one star, two star, and three stars uh, that you get at the end of the level, depending on how many points you get. And uh, we typically don't get three stars right off the bat, but we never moved on to the next level without mastering that one and getting all three stars. Okay. So we got pretty good at it and just each level like literally sometimes like you'll start like you'll only get 50 and you need 200 points let's say and then you start getting better and slowly getting closer to the 200 and then once you master it there's some levels where like we'll just come in at like 300 and you needed 200 in order to get three stars and like we're just like there we go like once you find the the perfect formula Mm -hmm. for each kitchen it's just great and like, yeah. like it, it really is kind of like a puzzle game, like trying to figure out exactly how to make uh, these orders and, and get them out as quickly as possible and cleaning and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, highly recommend it. I had a great time with Overcooked. Um, we're pretty much done with it. Um, on the very last level of the last DLC, we got one star and then we got really hungry. So... <laughs> we stopped playing to to eat some pizza. <laughs> Dude, that's what you do. Yeah. Which is great, because you make pizzas. 
it's like the game kind of makes you hungry as you're playing it you're like oh man that sounds really good right now making a pizza (laughs) i could see them doing dlcs like taco bell dlc (laughs) it's a whole level just taco bell see that'd be awesome you're like in a taco bell yeah you got like crunch wraps coming up oh dude like that could be a whole thing like having to like fold the crunch wraps oh my god and then put it in that little uh that heater thing that you like stamp down on it it's like a waffle maker but flat (laughs) they could do a whole dlc with just fast food joints they could you do burgers as well so mcdonald's could slide in there you do salads like a you do burritos you could throw in chipotle you could do a versus and be mcdonald's versus burger king oh dude yeah the possibilities are endless here it really is but it would work great with desserts too like the whole time just like this would be awesome with sweets like making little cupcakes or bacon cakes and and pies and stuff it's a shame though because like that's like that's easily one of the games that i could play with jolie I can't. <laughs> we'll get into that in the next episode. <laughs> yep, because it's that light. It's that light. <laughs> that light life. the The That's light life says. The light life has... says, "I like myself and no one else." <laughs> you want to play with me? Too bad. <laughs> um, but my brother had kind of the same. Uh, Does he have a regular switch? Game. He has a regular switch. Okay. But he has a overcooked as well. And uh That's what's called, right? Overcooked. Yeah. yeah, do you know if he has the first one or second one? First one. Okay. He was, he plays it with his girlfriend too. Uh, I don't know how far he is in it. But he says it's just a, it's a good fun little game to pick up every like when when she's over, she just pick it up, do a couple levels. Yeah, it literally feels like a game that would be made by Nintendo. Yeah. 100%. Like and that's why like I got it on the Switch cuz it's 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 totally that type of game where like you get on an airplane and you just hand the Joy-Con to the person next to you and you're like, "Hey, let's, you know, let's cook some stuff. Let's get yeah. cooking." So, yeah, um I'm excited for the second one cuz I know that they added some cool features to the second one. Um I can't remember what exactly. Uh-huh. Um there were times where I would have loved to throw stuff like throw things from like me to my girlfriend or be able to like hand something that I'm holding uh, to my Uh, girlfriend or vice versa. uh Whereas you have to set something down and then you have to, you know, then someone has to pick it up and stuff. So there are definitely some improvements that they could make that would make it more fun and not necessarily like easier, but just like more cohesive. Mm hmm. So I'm sure they made some of those updates, so I'm excited to eventually get the second one and see how that turns out. Um, we have had issues, though, with the infamous what seems to be Joy-Con drift, where, where the left thumbstick, yeah, you're not touching it, uh-huh. but it moves, or like you are touching it, but it's moving in the wrong direction. So I yeah. use a Switch Pro controller. Uh, greatest okay. controller that you could possibly have for the Switch. If you don't have one and you play on the TV, what are you doing? Go purchase one. And <laughs> my girlfriend is playing with the uh, the grip with the two Joy-Cons slid down onto it. Uh-huh. And 
because I don't play with them that often ever since I got my Switch, I never really noticed like issues with it. And it seems that she had some issues with it. Like she'd go and like try to pick up something and like the time is crunching down. And then all of a sudden, like she just can't pick it up because her character is facing the other way and stuff. And it got like kind of annoying or like it walked her off the edge. And now every time you die in the game or like fall into water or something like that, now you got to wait five seconds for you to respawn. And if if you're holding like a completed dish and you fall in the water, you lose the whole dish as well. And then you basically have to restart the level because a lot of times like you'll literally get three stars with the last dish like being turned in at the last second uh-huh so is that an issue with the joy cons itself because i don't I, think we have that issue with the light it's not the yet. light shouldn't because the light doesn't even use joy cons okay like it's a different controller you know because it's just one system right um and i'm sure like they might have fixed this so i think Uh they did some like lawsuit and then they said they would replace them if you like send it in or something like that so i think i might do that now it just sucks that i'll have to lose it you know for a a week or two or however long it takes them right but you Um, don't even use them you use the yeah but when i play games with my girlfriend like she's going to use it so i'd like that to be fixed how much and are so, those controllers? Really expensive. Yeah. I think they're 70 bucks. 70 or 80 bucks for a pair. Oh, and geez. then if you buy one of them, I think it's 50. Cuz I'm wondering if it's worth getting one so that Julie can play games and then I use the actual Switch. That would be very difficult. Somehow, yeah, cuz my hands would be in the way. Your hands would be in the way and then you might like turn and then she can't see the screen. Um, You could find a way to maybe like stand the switch light up. But then I would need two controllers and then get two controllers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait for the next episode, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that, that leads us into that one. So yeah. uh, Great game. Recommend to Overcooked, awesome co-op game, super fun. Uh, you get better as you go, and they continue to challenge you uh, with some levels. Some levels, like, honestly are really difficult, and it kind of just gets annoying, and you're just like, man, I just want to move on to the next level. But then, like, once you do finally get three stars on it, you just feel so accomplished, and you're like, yeah. Like, some literally feel like, how am I ever going to get 300 points when we got 80 points in this first one? <laughs> But then you just start to conquer it and feel great. So, um, two thumbs up for Overcooked. Go get it. Um, should I move into Star Wars, or do you want to talk about a game that you've played? Uh, well, the, the one that I played... The... Other than Zelda. We'll save Zelda for the next one. Yeah, Zelda's the big one. Um, so I want to talk about Zelda, but that we'll talk about that in the next episode as well. Um, playing that kind of made me replay right now. I'm replaying Dark Souls three as usual. I don't know. Don't really need to talk about that other than you need to get Dark Souls 
For those of you that don't know, every time Alec should be playing another game, he just (laughs) ends up starting a new profile on Skyrim or Dark Dark Souls 2 or 3 again. (laughs) Or even 1. He's probably played Skyrim and Dark Souls more than any, like combined, if you combine those playthroughs, it would probably beat out all the other games he's ever played combined. Yeah, I think the only game that could actually compare would probably be World of Warcraft. In terms of starting new games or just playtime, though? Uh, probably both. I've done a lot of new games in World of Warcraft. In terms of just starting from scratch with a whole new character? Yeah, I actually, I've never finished a character in World of Warcraft. Well, now you don't have to. You can just start and they automatically level you up. Well, no, I'm playing the OG right now. They have the classic WoW. I'm level 52. I'm almost there, but I'm kind of waiting on some friends to catch up mm. and finish up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's Dark Souls. I don't know what other games. Skyrim. Um, yeah, most of it is going to have to wait till the next episode. Okay. Oh, I, you know what? I've been playing... A, Dragon Quest Eleven, and I, I was, I pl- I bought it when it came out, and then I played it for a bit, and then kind of got bored of it. Um, but I'm replaying it now. It's 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 a typical JRPG. It's kind of on the easier side. Um, but then when I had it on like the hard mode, it was too hard. There was no kind of middle ground. Um, I've never played so what. What's it feel like? What's the combat and stuff like? Combat, it's like Final Fantasy or Pokemon where you just kind of walk around and then a random enemy comes up. But you actually see the enemies in this game, so you can kind of, you know, try and avoid them if you don't want to fight. And it's kind of grindy. It's not too bad. It's definitely better than the other Dragon Quests. Um, but the, I think the best part of the Dragon Quest series is that it's, it's the same art director as the guy who makes uh, Dragon Ball Z. And so, mm. if you like that kind of art style, it's very—it's a very beautiful looking game, and very like a—you're almost like playing an anime, and that's definitely the best part. It's the graphics are really nice, and the uh, the monster designs. Like you almost like even if you don't want to fight a monster, if you see a new monster, you almost go and fight it anyway, just because you want to see what like how it looks, the animation they have for it. It's very cool looking. Hmm story's kind of mediocre it's kind of just your typical uh you're a hero go go f- save the world <laughs> go 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 power rangers and then some of the characters uh, the worst thing about the game right now is it's the dub the dub is really bad on it I mean, for english yeah and can you play it in have... japanese no you couldn't until the until it came on the switch and they have a they have a sub for the switch which is i heard it and it sounds fantastic um they have more difficulty modes they could actually turn on and off. And in the PS4, I think once you turn it off, you can't turn it back on. You have to do it like in the beginning of the game. And huh. then they have a mode where they completely redone the whole game into 2D sprites, and you could pray, play it like it was a, you know, like an old school RPG. That's and cool. It's so cool. And they they added a bunch of other stuff that's only on the Switch, and I'm like. I wish I didn't get on the PS4. If I knew I was going to get a Switch, I would have gone on the Switch because uh, all the reviews I look at for it, they're like, it's it's so much better than on the PlayStation and Xbox. Like, 
if you haven't gotten it, there's no reason for you to get it if you have it. Uh, if you have a Switch, like, well, isn't that what Switch. they're doing with Final Fantasy VII? How you can like play it in the old style or the new style? No. So with that, or is that just the combat system? The combat, and even okay. the combat, it's still not. Yeah, I think they're just gonna have a turn-based system that you can use. Um, but it's not gonna be entirely like old school version of it. I don't know. Okay, it's interesting. But yeah, no, they're not gonna. That would be a lot of work, and there'd be no point to doing that because the game is already. You could just play the older version. But yeah, in, in Dragon Quest Eleven, they it's they straight up did did a whole rework on the game, and I'm like, wow, I completely like why? <laughs> uh, it's cool, but it's like, I feel like that play took so much time. Maybe not too much time, but yeah. good on them. I mean. I don't mind that when people put extra work and time into things like it's basically just fan service. Yeah, it's it's what it is. Is I got the DVD, the normal DVD version on the PS4, and then they came out with the Blu-ray director's cut with all the special editions and all that onto the Switch, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, but that version's always like four hundred dollars. That's and you're true. like, ah, you know what? Maybe I'm all right with my regular DVD. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i kind of wish i is it full price on the switch like 60 bucks yeah i think so okay and like how much was it on the ps4 like 30 well i got it when it came out so i got it for 60 oh you don't know but what it's at now it's probably like at 40 40 or 30 because it yeah. it's only a year old um yeah it I guess I guess I can't complain too much because I I definitely wouldn't have waited until a whole year to get the game because at the time I really wanted to play it because I was hearing a lot of good things. Yeah, I've never played a Dragon Quest game. This is definitely if you're gonna try it, this is the best one to do it. It's 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 very easiest one to get into. Yeah, easiest one to get into. It's very streamlined. It's very uh, it's very. I mean, it depends if you like that kind of gameplay. I could see it being boring for a lot of people. Um, I'm into that kind of stuff. Just boring, tedious, <laughs> clicking, leveling. Oh, and they uh, they added a fast-forward feature on the Switch. So if you're grinding, you could fast-forward through most of the fights. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds convenient. It's so convenient. And I'm like, that's something I wish I had. Huh. Didn't you play a Dragon Quest game on the Switch? I thought I saw it on your profile. Yeah, so they they did a uh, remastered, I guess, of the first three. So I bought the first one, um, and I completely regret it. Because, first of all, the same thing that's on the Switch, you could get on your phone for half the price. That was kind of my first red flag. But I was like, ah, you know what? I want to play it on the Switch. I want to see how it performs. It's garbage, dude. It's so slow, and like it lags for some reason. And I don't know why, because it's a 2D game that's just... Huh updated and it's a terrible port and that's again what i want to talk about in the next episode it's nintendo's ports needs to be better because i feel like if i got on my phone it'd run a lot better and it would have been half the price i don't know why the price is different too like the first one on the phone is two bucks the switch is five bucks and then the third one is i think 10 bucks on the phone and or maybe even less like eight bucks and then on the Switch is 15 bucks. Well, consoles always give you like a premium. Like, oh, if you want to play it on the console, it's a premium. Even like 
console games over PC games. It's always going to be more on the console. Yeah, and like that's just okay. for the convenience of knowing that it's going to work on your system and stuff like that. That's but exactly I would assume I that if I got it on the Switch, that it would run and work better than on my phone. Exactly, and it doesn't. It's it's so slow, and and I thought they were going to add in like a feature for fast forward, and they don't, and I don't know why they wouldn't have added that in there. Because now instead of I was like playing it, I'm like I'm over it, so I just you know got an emulator on my phone. Got a uh, the ROM of the game, and I could fast forward on my phone, and I'd rather play it how it was back then than the updated version of it. Huh. It's, it's not optimized well. It's pretty bad, actually. That's weird. That's disappointing. Yeah, only five bucks. So I'm not too mad, but whatever. Yeah, I'm not gonna cry about it. It is what it is. I mean, like there was a uh, puzzle game called uh, Gor Gorgoa. Ooh, I think I mentioned so this before. Yeah. I, I think I mentioned this in a couple podcasts ago or so. And it's a puzzle game. And I could have got that for, I think the full price of it is five bucks on, on your phone. Uh-huh. And you can get it on sale sometimes for like, you know, three or four bucks. And uh, I got it on the Switch instead because I had some credits left. And uh-huh. it was on sale for seven fifty, but normally it was, I think, a $15 game exact same game you just you can just play it on your switch yeah i almost want to get every game that i would play or have on the ps4 on the switch because it's so convenient just to have it handheld yeah i mean i agree i don't here's the thing i don't play handheld games a ton and we'll get into this next episode but I love that it's there and that you can. And just right. all these big games that you can play on it that you never would have been able to play on a 3DS or even a Vita or whatever people are coming out with. Like you can mm-hmm. play these games wherever you want. Like I mainly use it as a home console, but if I wanted to, I could literally just take it out right now and just, you know, go wherever I want and continue my game. Like that's awesome. Yeah. So like I kind of get that cuz it's like, oh, once you leave the house, you can't play your PlayStation anymore. Yeah. And you're like, well, that sucks cuz I'm just going to a party and I'm just going to sit most of the time or something like that or I'm going <laughs> yeah. to dinner. I don't want to socially interact with anybody. Yeah, but like you know what I mean? Like you're going to dinner or something where like you know that you'll be interacting like during this time, but you know that there's also going to be like a little bit downtime. of downtime and stuff where yeah. you're just kind of sitting with not much to do. For and sure. that would be a great time to like pull out the Switch for, you know, 30 40 minutes or whatever and just you know play some games then you come back home plop it back down and you're ready to go uh so is that all you have to say about that or you got anything else yeah no everything else i'm just gonna save for um next episode yeah okay cool then i will transition into star wars jedi fallen order so when they first showed off this game did not think it looked that great (laughs) really i was the opposite i thought it looked i thought it looked really promising when they showed it at e3 i was like this game looks kind of like wonky like the way it looked and played it looked kind of like glitchy it didn't look very smooth Mm -hmm. and i thought it just looked okay 
I mean, yeah, it did when they first showed it off, but I thought that was like to be expected for their first kind of showing of it. Yeah, but uh, they that was their first time showing it, and the game was coming out like that fall. It's like for a game that was coming out like within what is it like four months or so of when they showed it at E3, I was like, this doesn't look that great. Yeah. So I didn't have the best impressions of it to begin with. Um, and I, I don't think that I was going to get it even before reviews came out. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden the reviews came out and everyone was just like, yo, like you got to check this out. This might even be like our game of the year. You know, it's that good. Um, and then it turns out that it wasn't even just like an action game. It's an action adventure game. So this yeah. is what I really like about this. So it's not just you're some super powerful Jedi going around and just, you know, killing everybody and that's it. There's a lot to it. It's kind of a mixture of and I know this is overplayed, but it's true. Uh yeah. parts of parts of I've, Dark Souls um mm-hmm. as, lo- as as well as Zelda and like Uncharted. Metroid type stuff, Uncharted, um and even like Titanfall. So really? it's made by the makers of Titanfall. Uh, which is respawn, mm-hmm. yeah, and everyone knows that Titanfall like got famous not only for its titans but also like its parkour of like wall running and jumping and stuff. And they basically took the wall running and literally put it into this game. So you can't wall run on every wall, which you can in uh, Titanfall. Uh-huh. Here you can only run on walls that are designated running walls. So, like, it'll be a wall that you can tell, like, has a bunch of lines on it, and then you're like, okay, I can run on that wall. But you can't just run on any wall that you see. So that part's a little disappointing. You can't just run around and jump on walls and stuff. Yeah. Um, It's just designated to certain parts, which makes it more of, like, a look-at-this-cool-situation type thing as opposed to, like, an actual unique ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, does, it does, you know, look cool and add to some of the the cool uh, moments and puzzles and stuff. <clears throat> so there's that. Then there's plenty of areas like this whole, each world essentially is kind of like a dungeon. It's a bad choice of words, but it's kind of like a dungeon where there's plenty of areas in the world where you can't access that area. And you know that you can't, but you know, at some point you're going to get some, Uh, force ability or power where you'll then be able to get past that section and move on to the next area okay so you just have to progress you know left instead of right but you know that eventually at some point you'll be able to go right Uh uh-huh and you know that's very typical zelda or metroid type stuff and and then there's the action stuff so there's a lot of downtime or a lot of moments of downtime where you've already cleared the areas of like all the enemies and stuff. And now you're just running around trying to figure out certain puzzles of the environment. So like, okay, I got to move this over to there or uh, I got to try to figure out how to get to that uh, unlockable chest or something like that. So let's just look around the environment and figure a way to do it. It's not as crazy puzzles as like straight up Zelda dungeons and stuff, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of, Uh, mechanics and ideas taken from that and they do have 
these tombs that I guess you could then relate to like Tomb Raider. Um, and it's kind of like a dungeon or a tomb from Tomb Raider where you basically have to move around the thing and clear a few puzzles inside of it in order to, you know, get through the tomb and unlock what you need to get. And then as you progress through uh, the, the game, you start having these like flashbacks um, with your past uh, master uh, master or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And through those flashbacks, you'll start to remember uh, your abilities and your force powers. Um, so then you'll just start to learn, you know, like pushing, pulling, uh, double jump with the, with using the force and stuff like that. And uh, that's, that's pretty good too. And then of course there's a whole, chart of unlocking abilities so you can upgrade you know your your health uh your force abilities and your lightsaber abilities and overall i will say that i like it mm-hmm. i do uh it's a very good game in the beginning it is very tough very tough like a very hard game like i'm talking like I wanted to walk out and not play the game anymore hard. <laughs> I was just like, I'm done. Zelda. Yeah. Or even Dark Souls. Yeah. That's very yeah. much like Dark Souls where it's hard in the beginning, but once you pick it up, you know what to do and you start leveling, getting abilities, it gets easier. Yeah. In the beginning, I was literally like, screw this game. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> um, but also... After the first section, you can go to two worlds. One of them progresses the main world, like to the storyline, and the other one is like a harder world, but they give you access to go there in the beginning. And so I went there. It's called Dathomir. And I went to Dathomir first. So you're clearly like not ready for it yet. It's kind of like going directly to Ganon and Zelda. Like you're not ready for it yet. Yeah. And I was kind of forgetting that, that I wasn't supposed to be there, but just trying to like make it around this area. And I was uh-huh. like, this game is so ridiculously hard. I was like, how am I ever going to beat this? Like, this is so difficult. Now it's not too difficult because I've leveled up my character and gotten a bunch of abilities and stuff like that. So it's much, it's much better now. But man, it was very difficult in the beginning. I lowered my difficulty like ASAP. <laughs> I was playing on the second hardest difficulty and I was like, I can't do this. And the difficulty below that is like, and this is for, they're like, there's so the first difficulty, the easiest mode is just story mode. So mm-hmm. it's like, you want to get through the game and see the story and stuff, but like enemies don't really pose a threat. And then yeah. the next one after that, which is the one I'm on, they're like, so this is for newcomers to action games, people that haven't played action games for, I'm like, I've played tons of action games, but this game is just so hard. <laughs> oh man. Um, you probably but just yeah. not used to that kind of play style, maybe. Well, that, honestly, that's what makes Dark Souls hard, is that you haven't really played a hard action game, I feel like, because most games aren't that hard anymore. I agree. Except for Zelda, dude. If you could be, like, honestly, if you could play through Zelda and not think it was hard, like, I don't think you're going to find Dark Souls that hard. It's not that hard of a game. But, I mean, Zelda is very much like... Um, Jedi Fallen Order in the sense that once you start playing the game and you actually start getting like upgrades and better like Zelda better weapons and and uh, armor and stuff like that 
it, it starts to become much easier and it's not as difficult anymore. There will still be difficult parts, but it's very much a game where like you can't really beat those enemies yet, so you, you should come back when you're more powerful to beat them. And Jedi right. has a lot of those areas too. Um, there are a lot of linear paths, but each world kind of has like a section where it's like, okay, you can't beat this, go level up, come back when you're better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So, overall, I really like the game. I think the storyline is actually pretty cool. A lot of people don't really care much for the the main uh, Jedi that you're playing as, uh, Cal. Mm-hmm. I think he's okay. There's nothing special about him, but right. he's a fine character. Um, I really like how they're expanding the universe with this game. So, uh-huh. every single thing... Um, you know how in Metroid... Uh, or, not Metroid, but Metroid Prime half the time you're like scanning stuff yeah and just like seeing like the lore and worlds that like they've put together Mm -hmm. there's a lot of that in this game so you scan a ton of stuff uh with your robot bd1 and it's really cool like i read pretty much everything that i come across and it's really awesome like they're creating like all these areas and all these uh you know monsters and trees and like living like creatures and life on each planet mm-hmm. and they detail like all of it and they put it in the log and you can just read about all these things that you scan like all the different enemies all the animals like everything and it's just really cool and they'll even do like little stories like you'll come across like a clone helmet right and then you scan the clone helmet and they're like wow i guess uh, there was a clone trooper here that was that got turned on once they switched to like the Empire and something like that, and then they killed him. Like, there's a lot of like little random stuff that's just like hidden in there that you don't need, but like it's just cool to see. And I really like that about this. It's a lot like Dark Souls. <laughs> Dude, I'm just gonna end up buying it for you, and then you're gonna feel guilty that you're not playing it. Like gift that I bought you. <laughs> But seriously like i'll check it out at some point it's just i have no, too no, many no, new you... games to play that's the thing and then by the time Dang, i finally finish playing my backlog like new big games are out you don't understand game of the decade for me is dark souls yeah game of the decade oh What's i your know game of the decade i'm assuming it's breath of the wild <laughs> uh that's really tough to be honest game of the decade well here you know what we'll add that on to the topic we'll, we'll talk about that later on okay okay we'll come back okay. to that um uh now you're, you're making me want to write an essay on dark souls <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna add that on uh game okay. of the decade so uh where was i at star wars great game scanning things yeah, yeah, yeah. so you uh, scan a bunch did of you things have any issues with the uh, bugs and glitches okay so and yeah I'll, I'll get to the, the negatives of the game okay. so the the scanning stuff is really cool um because it gives you a ton of stuff but again you don't really have to do it if you don't want to mm-hmm. you know it's not like the game is like oh you have to do this but it, it is cool and like when you uh get to a new creature or uh, enemy for the first time you may not know how to kill them and then when you finally do kill them you can scan them and it'll tell you like what they mainly do and maybe like a point of weakness so like oh when this person goes to charge up or something that's when you should hit them and stuff like that so uh it's a it's a good system to learn uh more about the worlds and the environments and stuff um overall i like the story i think the story is good so far 
uh, I think is pretty interesting. Um, without spoiling anything, part of it is a little basic where it's like, okay, pretty much like every Star Wars series has some type of thing between a Jedi and a Padawan type thing. And that part is kind of played over. Um, but other mm-hmm. than that, I really I really like where they're going with it. Uh, uh, just to clarify, I haven't beaten it yet, um, but I just got uh, the double jump. So I think that's about near the last maybe third or so of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so somewhere around there. Um, yeah. And it's really cool going around these worlds and, uh, the, the environments are awesome. So it takes place, uh, after, uh, episode, like in between episode three and four. And four. Yeah. And this is the beginning, but you're, so if you want to know, no information, don't listen to this part. Uh, but it, the, the very beginning establishes that you're just, you know, a Padawan, or you used to be a Padawan Jedi and you survived uh, Order 66. Mm-hmm. And you're keeping it a secret because you don't want to get killed. That's a good so you're reason. just li- so you're just like living a normal life. Mm-hmm. Essentially. And something happens and then you're worried about them finding out who you are and I'll just leave it at that. Um, so it's kind of an intriguing thing because it is kind of a cool place to take place or, or uh, idea to take place um, after episode three of you think that all the Jedis are dead, but it right. turns out like some of them actually survived that and not all of them actually died and some are in hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the story where it's going so far, and I'm guessing it'll be a cool uh, story as it continues, and I'll enjoy it. Um, the it's, I have a friend that's playing it right now, and he came home. We were hanging out, and he came home from work, and he's just like, you guys, I'm at the last part, and I waited until you guys were home so you could watch me do it. Because <laughs> I, I guess it's like the ritual now that every night they'll watch him play it. <laughs> and like watch it as like a movie did uh did you watch it no i didn't i didn't watch it okay good because yeah, yeah, yeah i think no, you'll I really like this game end. i think I you'll really too. like this game i'll probably get it on uh whenever it goes on sale maybe sometime uh what's today uh I don't know when they would have it on sale again probably like spring i would think yeah they had a you could get it for like down to like 35 i think mm-hmm. around christmas oh, okay which is a pretty good price yeah um yeah so the the enemies are really cool the lightsaber fighting is pretty awesome um you can customize your lightsaber so let's get into the lightsaber specifically it is really cool um you get you can get you know your dual-sided lightsaber and stuff and you don't have to pick yeah, one or the other looking you don't have to pick one or the other you have your regular lightsaber and you can always use it as a single blade or a double blade mm-hmm. and like you can a combo yeah you attack. can choose whenever you want to switch and you can switch in the middle of combat um your single blade is stronger mm-hmm. and then double blade is weaker 
but it's better for multiple enemies because you can hit two people at the same time. So if you're like stuck in a crowd or you're being surrounded, switch to the double. But if you're just uh going one-on-one with someone, it's much better to go with the single because it's more powerful and you can uh, move it a little faster. Is it better in terms of deflecting and defense? Uh, No, they're both the same. Okay. Um, Which is really cool. So every time you get shot at, you just block and then it hits it right back at the person. So sometimes it gets difficult because you're being shot at and you're being attacked by people around you. So like if you get if you're being shot at, you could stop, block really quick, kill someone, uh, like shoot that back at the stormtrooper that shot it, kill them, and then go back to fighting and stuff. That's really cool. And uh, you can also hold it. So when a bunch of people are just shooting at you, like you're just like spinning your lightsaber in circles, deflecting every shot that like is coming at you. It's pretty cool, um, especially once you learn some of the combos. But the fighting is the most difficult part. So learning to master and block with your lightsaber it is like master the combos and stuff and block. It's really difficult, like to start from scratch and just be like okay how do i use this uh i feel like it's one of those like it's easy to play but hard to master type things right and that's one of the reasons i was having such a difficult time because like blocking is such a big deal and it's kind of hard to block and each difficulty um the harder you get they lower that time where you can block so the easier the difficulty the more time they give you to effectively block and the harder the difficulty, like you have to be exact with your blocks or else you're not going to block them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's pretty tough. And yeah, it it made me very angry in the beginning. <laughs> uh, but it gets better as it goes on. And again, you start unlocking more abilities um, and stuff. Some are pretty cool. I don't want to spoil them. Um, you can upgrade your health, uh, which was one of the biggest things when I was you know first getting started in the beginning of like oh thank god i can finally increase that uh you get stims so here's here's the basics of how saving and stuff works so there are little uh areas that you'll find and you can come to them and that's the only time that you can you can save when you drop down on them to meditate Mm-hmm. that's it so once you sit down and you leave that's a save now from that save point you can look at your skills and upgrade uh, you know certain stats or whatever with your, your experience points you can rest or you can leave now when you rest it resets your health your force and all of your stims and your stims are what you use to like it's like a health pack essentially it's like a bonfire yeah so exactly so um once you do that if you choose to rest all of the enemies that you killed come back oh my god it's like a game i know (laughs) and um yeah but you get uh, everything replenished yeah, yeah. So you you have Dude, you're, to choose. You're ready for Dark Souls. Yeah. So you're, you have to choose so between. Uh, do you want to make it li- a little bit easier, or 
like getting health back? Or do you think you can continue like through this area without having to respawn everybody? Because maybe you're in an area where if you respawn, there's like a big monster outside that you may have to like then kill again or something. And you get so, EXP for killing yeah, enemies. And yeah. If you die, that person that killed you takes your now shit. takes all of your experience. Yeah, yeah. So in order to get that experience back, you have to fight your way back from the last save point to that person. Now, you don't have to kill that person. You just have to hit them once. Okay. Once you hit them, you get all of your experience back uh, and it maxes out your health. So it just puts your health back to full. Um, Otherwise, that part can get a little annoying. Yeah. Because you're sitting there trying to get through a level and then you die and you're like, oh man, I got to walk all the way back there. And maybe you're, you were in an area where you're like, you know what? I don't really want to do that anymore, but you lost your experience. So you have to go back just to hit that person to get your experience back, Mm -hmm. which can sometimes just be frustrating instead of fun. It's like, oh man, like I really have to go back there and do that again. Like I didn't even want to do that. So that can kind of get annoying. Um, also, you can't just save at any time. So like I said, you can only save when you go to meditate at those uh, certain spots. And if you get really far, like just going somewhere and you haven't come across another one yet, like it could just be annoying because now all of a sudden you're, you got to go all the way back if you die. And you just missed out on all of that progress and stuff that you made over there. And I, I know that's just like a typical save thing, but just sometimes it gets annoying um, because sometimes you don't know where the next save point is going to be when you're exploring new areas. Uh, but but it, was, it wasn't too big of an issue, but it just was something that I noticed. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but there would be some times where like I decided not to rest because I, you know, didn't want to respawn all those enemies, but my health was low. So I decided to push through it anyways. And then I end up dying and now I have to do everything all over again. And I got to go all the way back through all those areas. And I'm like, ah, so it's give and take. You can choose what you want to do, but sometimes you just might get mad at yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, the, the Souls games in general, uh, having to, it sounds a lot like more like Bloodborne, where once you die in Bloodborne, the enemy that killed you will have your stuff, but instead of ha- having to just hit it, you actually have to kill the enemy. Um, but I don't know, dude, it sounds like this was a, this was the the start of you playing Dorsal. <laughs> Like, uh, you're, you're ready for it, dude. You're ready for it. And it makes me actually now want to play the Star Wars game a bit more because I, I, I really enjoy that kind of gameplay. Yeah. Because um, it, it, it makes you feel like you are not so much like, you're, I mean, your character's getting stronger and better, but you feel like you're getting better at the game. Yeah, that, that kind of gives me that feeling with Star Wars 2 where, like, now, like, I was very scared before to be like, oh no, like, 
I'm not going to make it through this game. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I wanted to sit down and play a fun Star Wars game, but like this just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I was just so angry the first night that I was playing it. Like the beginning starts off really cool. There's not a lot of like combat. It's just cool, like platforming and stuff. And the story's really cool. And I'm like, man, this game is awesome. And then it like, it places you in just a situation where now you have to kill some people and they hand you a lightsaber and you're just like, this looks really cool, but I have no idea how I'm supposed to get past this. It's just so difficult. So it's very tough in the beginning, but you do quickly start to, you know, level up your character and get stronger. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe like the first few hours of the game are pretty frustrating but then like it starts getting better for sure Mm -hmm. so yeah um as for downsides um the bugs very annoying so you've noticed them yes Okay, because um, it's interesting because the person that I've uh, been talking to is playing it as well. I, I keep bringing it up, and he's just like, no, I've, this is one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. I'm seriously? Like, oh, very interesting. He's just like, yeah, I haven't had any issues, no bugs, no nothing. What's he playing Everything. on? Xbox. Yeah, which Xbox does he have? Uh, The standard one, I think. The original or the S? Is it white? No, I think it's black. I think it's like the OG. Okay. Huh, that's really strange. Because mm-hmm. I'm running it on uh, Xbox One X, and it <laughs> it has not been the smoothest experience. Dang, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, so let me, let me get into that. So a lot of the bugs are just kind of like visual stuff. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, right? I'm not playing the game right when it came out. Like I'm playing it on version like 1.0.6. So there have been so six updates. Been yeah. yeah, there have been six updates for this game, and I'm still noticing stuff. Oh, and even my little brother, he's played it, and I asked him as well. Like, did you notice any weird glitches? And he's like, not really. Maybe once, but he's had a very smooth experience too. And he's on PlayStation. And it, no, he's playing on the computer. Oh, okay. Huh. That's weird then. Yeah. Because so. I saw I saw that bugs were an issue in all the reviews, so I was hoping that by the time that I got around to it that it would be much better. Right. And uh I I was incorrect. <laughs> so would you far. say it's better or worse than Skyrim? Um oh it's it's better than Skyrim for sure. Not like gameplay, but I meant like bugs wise. Yeah, I mean, I guess you haven't played it, so you wouldn't really know. But no, no, it's 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 better than Skyrim bugs. Okay, it's not like unplayable or anything where you're just like, "What is happening? What's going?" Well, (laughs) I shouldn't say it's not unplayable. Um, so most of the the bugs, like I said, are like visual issues, like pop in. Um, you're turning the camera and you just see like white spots, like that are behind like the digital world, that are just like Uh... peering through. And then all of a sudden, after you're on that, like looking at that for a little bit, like it'll just go away and fill in. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes, like your movements just don't feel very smooth. Um, I, it's crashed on me twice. 
So one time, like it literally crashed on me, like just popped me out of the game, which sucked because with the system where you can't just save all the time. And like I said, like you haven't saved in a while because you didn't want to make everybody reappear. Like all of a sudden I had to do all of that all over again. Mm -hmm. So that was very obnoxious. And then um, there was a time where I was, it was in the animation of him going into like a crevice to crawl through. Uh Uh-huh. And I hit the map button to look at the map and it got like stuck. I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't see the map. I couldn't exit out of the map and I couldn't move my character. I pushed every single button multiple times and I couldn't do anything. And I was like really angry because I I was like hoping that it would like pop out of this or something. So I wouldn't have to quit out of the game and restart it. And it never did. So I had to quit the game, lose all the progress that I made and restart it. I'm assuming they did the save point like that for a reason because they knew it was so buggy that if it was auto saving, you know, every minute or two, because that how it usually... might auto save you into a bug. Yeah, and maybe you wouldn't be able to load a previous save because that's the issue with Dark Souls. It auto saves constantly, and I've only had it happen once, but there was one time where I was glitched into something and it auto saved, and every time I loaded the game, it would be right back where it glitched out and then i basically had to start a new game huh yeah that sounds terrible it's awful but dark souls isn't that buggy of a game star wars sounds like a lot more of a mess so i could see why they did the saves if they knew ahead of time that it's gonna have a lot of bugs they must have uh, known yeah so the bugs are definitely annoying and it sucks because it's a triple a game and it's star wars and i know <laughs> that not everyone like... is having an issue with the bugs but like uh-huh. i noticed them pretty quickly yeah and again like there have been six updates since the game came out what's up with everybody getting the star wars name and not taking care of it you know well here's the thing right the game overall the game is great it's not an yeah. issue with the game. I just think that, and this goes back to how I said that it looked when they first showed it off. I was like, it doesn't look that smooth and stuff when they first showed it off. I was like, it looks kind of like an early build, mm-hmm. which is which is fair because the game isn't out yet. But when the game is supposed to be out in you know four months or so from then, now it becomes an issue where yeah. they're trying to get this game out obviously in time for the Star Wars movie so they can hype people up for all that because they got to release them at the same time because it just makes sense financially. Yeah. And then because of that, you release a game that probably could have used two, just three couple, more months yeah. of just good good old just bug fixing. Testing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Th- that part is honestly a pretty big disappointment that they couldn't figure that out beforehand or just give it a little bit more time and they just had to get the game out um which isn't necessarily the developer's fault that's more so you know ea and and just one doubt disney's fault and stuff um but yeah so the the bugs killed my game twice so far uh but you just had to reload a save state you didn't have to restart like i didn't have to restart the entire game but i just i still lost all the progress that i had made 
before the last time I saved. So, yeah. Um, and then, I don't know if it's just me, this part, and I'm bad at this, or if it's just the game is clunky, but there are sections where you'll be going down like an icy slope and you're moving fast and you can't do anything on them except like jump and like turn on the slope, you know? Uh-huh. And I fall off constantly on those because the camera is kind of weird and it's hard to control the character as you're sliding down them going around turns. And like I have literally lost lives and had to use stim packs just because I'm restarting. Like you fall off and they put you at the back at back at the top of the hill and now you got to go down it again. And it's just like, oh my God, like this should be so much easier than it is. Like this shouldn't be something where you're constantly dying. It's uh-huh. like a simple slide essentially. So there's that. And then sometimes you have to go like from those slides to jumping onto a vine to then swing from. And you just like miss the jump. And then you miss the jump almost every time because the controls are kind of clunky when you're sliding down. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. That just seems like normal. I mean, when I was playing Tomb Raider, even sometimes Uncharted, like when in, there was something you need to jump onto, that's usually where I died the most. <laughs> it and was there's like that, that, that death animation. Yeah. Tomb Raider was fun because they had some really good death animations. And yeah, then, dude. They had like spikes straight in the head and stuff. <laughs> Uncharted was hilarious too because all it was was uh, somebody going, uh, Nathan! <laughs> Nate! Yeah, Nathan! <laughs> no! <laughs> My brother, when he started playing it, he said that was like the only thing he got out of the game. And I'm like, what did you get out of the game? He's like, Nathan! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, I, overall, it's a good game. Uh, I do recommend it. I think you would really like it. Uh, this is a game it, that you would recommend because, like Uncharted, I almost never put it on a medium difficulty. I always put it on the easiest because I don't like the gameplay that much. Well, I like the gameplay. I don't like the shooting mechanics of Uncharted, and so I usually turn it easy as possible because all I care about really is the story and the platforming. And so, would you say that's a game to do that with, or would you recommend still playing it, at least on the difficulty above that? So, I would play it on the difficulty that I'm on. Which, which is the is one above it? The one above the easiest one. Okay. The easiest one is literally called story mode, just for instances, like you said, where you just kind of want to get through the game, but you don't want to have any, you know, difficulties you or anything pissed, like that. Yeah. Um. I would recommend one above that and that should be okay. Um, I, I was the, I was so I was too above the easiest one to start with and I was having a pretty difficult time and I wasn't enjoying it. So I dropped it down. Is that supposed down. to be the medium difficulty? So that's what Standard? I thought. That's why I went with that one at first. Cause I was like, okay, it seems like this is technically the medium and the story mode one isn't really a difficulty. It's just like a super easy mode for anybody. Yeah. So that's what I took it as. So that's why I started with the middle one. And then that was just super difficult. So I stopped and dropped it ASAP. (laughs) Um, So if you want, I would maybe start it at the second hardest. 
and, and see just what... like see if you're good at it or not. If you're not, then like drop it and make your experience better. Mm-hmm. But it is a very tough game, and honestly, I don't know how anyone could get through this game on the hardest difficulty. I think with my Dark Souls experience, I could probably do it. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it would be fun to me. Like it would be a challenge, but it wouldn't be fun. It depends you know? on the person you are. Like to me, like that is my fun is accomplishing something super hard. Um, that's why I like Dark Souls. Is there's no difficulty. The game's made the way it's supposed to be being, and so I don't have fun when I, you know, when I first started playing Uncharted, I put it on the highest difficulty, and I didn't like that because it almost seemed like an artificial difficulty. All they do is just like increase damage, you know, one shot kill kind of thing. Versus Dark Souls, you can't change difficulty. It's, it's the way it is. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, every every game is different, but like like when I play games that I want to focus on the story, right? Like Halo. I love mm-hmm. playing Halo on legendary difficulty with a couple of people. Like it's super fun to like get through that challenge together as a group. Uh-huh. But I would never play through it on a harder difficulty by myself like for the first time right because i don't want to get enjoy the game yeah i don't want the gameplay and me dying 50 times to get in the way of a me enjoying just the game as it is mm-hmm. and then also just taking longer to get through the story and stuff like i just want to have like a decent difficulty where it's not super easy but it's not like ridiculously hard and i can still focus on the story and just have a good time where i'm not constantly getting angry and want to throw the controller at the wall right so yeah, I'd recommend second to highest difficulty on on this one, and then if not, just drop it down. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. But it's good, other than the bugs. Mucho bueno. So scale of one to ten. What did IGN um, give it? Like a nine. IGN gave it a nine. Yeah. So I'd see it somewhere maybe in the eight range. Yeah, I'd say. If it wasn't so difficult in the beginning, like that made me really angry in the beginning, just to be honest. Like I I was just like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. Um, but since then, like now I really like it. Um, and it's a mix of just a bunch of really good genres. So I'd, yeah, I'd go somewhere between like eight and nine. I don't know if I would say game of the year, but I would definitely put it up there as one of the better games of, of 2019. It's pretty good. Because I really like Titanfall, and uh, the guys behind Titanfall made this. And like you can tell that... Okay, first of all, Titanfall 2, heavily underrated. Incredible campaign. One of the best shooting campaigns I know a few I've people played. that's played it, and they all say the same thing. that They don't understand why this isn't being talked about and played more. Yeah, Titanfall 2 is so good. Mm. Very good. Um, The the campaign was their first campaign that they did because the first one didn't have one. It was one of the Uh best shooter campaigns I've ever played. Really? It's very good. And then they also do like kind of like really cool like parkour stuff trying to like get from area to area because again, you can 
do wall jumping and sprinting and stuff on everything. So highly recommend that. I think I've told you this a few times. I think it was actually a PlayStation uh, game, like a free one. One of their free games like a month or two ago. Mm, maybe. I don't or remember. something like that. And it was really good. Uncharted Collection is free this month. Oh. So. Gotta go pick that one up. Yeah. Whoever doesn't have that and has never played those games before, now you can play them all. Do you see yourself ever replaying through any of the Uncharted games again? Or is it kind of like a one and done thing? Well, I recently played them. So, yeah, probably not for, for a while. It, but it was, it was my first time playing through them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably never touch the first one ever again, for sure. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that one was very difficult to go through. Ugh. Um, honestly, not that great of a game. Yeah. It's very overrated, in my opinion. Now, the second one is exactly what you want out of it, and it's incredible. Yeah, the second one's really good. The, the second one, like, it's almost like a Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2 type thing. Mm-hmm. It's exactly that. That's what you could say to that, yeah. It's very much like the it, the first one. It's just so repetitive until like the alien things come out of nowhere. That surprised me. I, I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. It had a good twist. Yeah, and like that actually finally changed up like the gameplay, and I was like run and gun type stuff instead of just oh here's another round of enemies stay behind cover and just pop out and shoot them i mean that's definitely my biggest complaint about the whole uncharted series yeah but at least got better as it went on whereas like the first one was just like oh my god like another wave and then you kill that wave oh another wave of people like okay see i made the mistake of playing that one of the hardest difficulties as well i did it (laughs) my first playthrough Congratulations. And then I started the second one. I'm like, do I do the hardest mode? I'm like, no, let's just do the easiest. <laughs> yeah, those, one, one, uh, those ones are good, though. Second one. Third one. Third one was good, Effect, but I like the second one more. I have not played Mass Effect, no. Those are good games. I would play those on the easiest difficulty because I hate the gameplay. That's a yeah, good I always story. heard the gameplay was kind of clunky, but like the story and decision making and stuff is really good. Mm-hmm. Their one's so good gameplay wise, actually. Um, that one I could see myself playing on a harder difficulty. But the first one was clunky as hell. I don't <laughs> think I haven't finished it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that wraps that up for now for Star Wars. Uh, I'll come back to that once I beat that and let you guys know my final uh, decision. But another recommendation. Add it to the list if you haven't already. Uh, we'll stick with Star Wars, and over the break, uh, the last uh, episode of The Mandalorian came out. So let's hop into what we thought of The Mandalorian and uh, as, where we uh, think that'll go. As a whole, or should we just talk about the episode first? Uh, okay, let's talk about the episode and then as a whole. Okay, so it's been kind of a while, so I don't remember too much. Um, I loved it in comparison to the other episodes i wished every episode was like that episode it had a lot of character development and it had a lot of story progression yeah showed it a lot of things happened in that episode and it actually seemed like an actual episode and not just a quick 30 minute 
oh here's star wars um because that's what it kind of seemed like none of the episodes other than maybe the first three episodes just seemed like an episode it almost seemed like a quick youtube clip you know yeah so the the first three episodes in my opinion and the last two episodes are definitely the highlight and when you think of that as a whole that really means there's only three episodes in the middle that were kind of pointless yeah and so then again each episode was only 30 minutes so they don't even seem like full episodes now that's true i do agree that the the runtime is too short so in reality it almost seems like you only got two three episodes out of a whole season um you know you well, the last together. the last episode was pretty long wasn't it like f- yeah 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 it was like 45 minutes, minutes I think. or something yeah 45 yeah. 50 minutes um, um so when you lump all those good episodes together you get you know maybe a three-hour season so <laughs> yeah overall it was short the season was short and the episodes were too short i think mm-hmm. that's like universally agreed upon like whether you like the show or not it was just too short yeah. um i've already s- talked about that i think it's obvious that they were just shortening the season because they needed to rush it out to launch it with disney plus yeah um so that part you know kind of sucks but this episode i think shows us exactly what the show can be and what it will be going forward and that doesn't mean that every episode is going to be like that crazy i'm fine with slower episodes as long as they like still progress the story and you get something out of it like game of thrones they'll have an episode where like there's not a single death or like bit of action in the whole episode for an hour long but the dialogue was so great and it progressed the story so well that you didn't care. Like, yeah, and, and some it was of still those a good episodes episode. are the best episodes in the show. Yeah. So I think that uh, it was a great step for showing where the show can go um, and what, what they can do with their budget. Cause like that was straight up looking like a movie. Like the tie fighter comes in, he attaches to the tie fighter, yeah. pulls himself up to it, puts the bomb on it and then just jumps off. Like that was sick. Like, that could have been straight out of a movie. So. I agree. It was production quality and stuff in that episode was great. Um, I thought there were a lot of really cool scenes. I love the the opening scene with the two stormtroopers just sitting there, like, holding Baby Yoda. I forgot about that. That was so funny, dude. Oh, my God. That was the best scene in the whole fucking season, dude. (laughs) I was like, oh my god, they they keep this up. This is what this show is going to be like. Yeah, I'm and in. it's just like some dry humor, you know, like they're both like oh. shooting at the can and neither of them can hit it. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I guess the blaster's defective again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was I, waiting for Baby Yoda to do something there. Like the guy was just like hitting him on the head and stuff. I, I'm glad that, like, uh... oh, dude, I was laughing at that too. I'm like, <laughs> Because, like, everybody just loves Baby Yoda and he just fucking hits him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I don't care about this little dude. and just, like, knocking him around and stuff. Uh, a big thing I like about the show in general, I guess, is it's very grounded. They're not trying to do, like, ooh, here, goes the, here comes the Jedi kind of thing. I'm glad there wasn't a single lightsaber in this whole season. Yeah. Um, You know, we weren't... I'm glad we didn't Until see the a Mandalorian fight a Jedi. I mean... I know it's not a lightsaber. 
Yeah, yeah. It was but a, it's like a, a uh, what are they calling it? The, the saber? Yeah, it's a, like a... The dark okay. saber or something? Night saber? No, I... Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Something. But it, uh, supposedly it's a Mandalorian weapon. And it's like a sword that has like lightsaber technology around it. Well, I don't know if it's just Mandalorian because I'm pretty sure those are what, you know, usually Jedi Padawans before they even build their lightsaber use. These like these like almost like katanas. I could have sworn I read that it was like a, a crazy like important Mandalorian weapon. Like assuming... Like, it means that, like, that guy, you know, killed a Mandalorian and then took it from him. I don't think so. It might have been. It could have. And, like, that's that might be, like, how he knew who Mando was. Like, he knew his name. Because, like, a that guy helped. The what? Proto-saber? Maybe. I feel like it could have been. But, uh. I'm gonna look this up now. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Like he pulls that out and stuff. So like, I'm fine with them like bringing out like different weapons and stuff. And it's a cool way to bring a cool weapon on that isn't you know literally a lightsaber. Oh, you know what? You could be right. I'm thinking of a different thing. So they have these katanas. Those are more for like Jedi's and learning. But I guess this is called a biscade. Beskade, and it's a Mandalorian saber. And yeah, it's kind of similar to what the Jedi's use. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things, like at the end, once they blew the ship up, I was like, "Guys, you gotta go back and go to the ship and make sure yeah, he's dead." That, that was I was little... like, "There's no way that that guy is dead from that." They don't bring in like a big name actor just for like the last like. 10 seconds of episode seven and then to come in for episode eight and like, that's it. Like he's clearly going to be like the main villain. Yeah. So I was like, once he crashes there, I was like, you have to go and check and make sure he's dead and actually kill him. If you're going to do that. (laughs) And you've brought it up before when we talked about the show, this has got to be the most reckless and clueless bounty hunter in the world. (laughs) Like he's just, I don't know. He doesn't think he kind of just does. Well, sometimes he does think, and then other times he doesn't, whenever it's convenient for the story. (laughs) For the plot, yeah. Like, when he just walks into a random bar on a different planet, and he's just like, hey, can you watch this kid? Like, dude, you know that Baby Yoda is, like, the most important thing in the universe right now. Mm -hmm. And you're just, like, leaving him with some random person? Yeah. What? It's very interesting. So... He has had some strange things. You know, one thing that I thought they were going to do was have Baby Yoda just go off. I thought they were going to have Baby Yoda. Like when, uh, so when the robot went and uh, picked up Baby Yoda, for, um, I had a, an issue with this. The robot is supposed to protect Baby Yoda. Like that's what it was designed to do. Yeah. But the first thing it does is take it directly into where all the stormtroopers are. I was like, this dude should head directly to the ship and, you know, lock yeah. the doors and take off. I was like, why is he heading into there when he's uh, strictly supposed to take care of the kid? So yeah, I had an issue with that. And it's just like, 
whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not programmed to save everybody there. You're programmed to save the just thing baby that you have in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was strange that he then like, and like when he got there, he did like turn his body around. So baby Yoda was in the back. Right. But still, I was like, if you take him there and you get injured, they can easily kill baby Yoda or take him or whatever. I thought that was very careless of the robot and kind of against his protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it was a six scene, though. <laughs> it was a fucking six scene. <laughs> it was cool. He just goes in there and starts doing all that. And then, uh, um, like, at that moment, I thought baby Yoda was going to, like, use his powers to, like, I don't know, like force choke every stormtrooper at the same time, or just like something crazy that was going to be really cool. But he never did. Uh, I'm the glad only they time, didn't. yeah, the only time he used his power was when the flamethrower guy came in, mm-hmm. and uh, he shot the fire back at him and blew him up. That was still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then, since Yoda can force heal, baby Yoda. I thought it was weird that he didn't directly go to Mando, who he cares about. Again, yeah, another thing that I was a little bit confused. And didn't help him when he was on his deathbed. And again, I think you were right. It's it's because of the plot. (laughs) They want to do something with the plot. And like I'm like, oh, the robot's going to heal him. Because he's like, oh, nobody can see my face, but he's a robot, so it doesn't matter. I thought that part was cool. It made sense to me. It was like he can't can't show his face to anybody, but since it's just a robot and and stuff he's finally like okay i'll take my helmet off so you can like try to heal me or whatever but i thought that baby yoda would have walked up to him and healed him now this part i do get maybe like when baby yoda uses his powers he he loses all his energy and has to take a nap now yeah i think so happened yeah so he had to choose between healing just mando and then possibly they die anyways because it takes too long and this guy's coming in with a flamethrower or kill the guy with the flamethrower. That saves everybody. And now maybe you can drag Mando out to safety or something. Yeah, and I so, didn't get why Mando was just like, this is it. <laughs> I'm done. Save yourself kind of thing. I'm like, come on. Stop. You're not done. Yeah, I was like, there's no way he's dead at the end of the first season. Yeah. Although it would be I really think, cool. again, they just used it as an excuse to show his face, though. It definitely was, and I'm glad it happened. And then, and then he moved to, to, Colombia. To fight drug lords, and uh, what's his name? Pablo Escobar. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, um, the other actor in there? No, no, no. I'm trying to think. He he looks like somebody, and Julie brought it up, and I thought it was funny. What's his name? Uh. Have you seen Narcos? You know what I'm referencing? No, I, I mean I've heard of Narcos. I don't, oh. get, I don't really. I, I oh, he, I he's the he's the main guy in Narcos until I think. Oh, the, he is the newest season. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, the guy who does Puss in Boots, the voiceover guy. Puss oh, Antonio Boots. Banderas. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> Antonio Banderas is the, the bounty hunter. <laughs> 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 I was like close. That's funny. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you know, for so for a badass man Mandalorian, he looks kind of like a <laughs> like you didn't expect him to look like that as a Mandalorian. He kind of just had like a baby face. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. 
because I mean they already show they already said who was playing Mando like from the beginning like you already knew what he looked like you just don't know what he looks like in the show my girlfriend was a little disappointed because she was like oh he looks like kind of like an older guy and she was like now I feel like like she thought it was like this cool like young guy doing all these like athletic moves and stuff like that saving the universe and she's like oh now it's just some like older guy but mm-hmm. I like the guy because I, I like him again from like other shows and movies that he's yeah, been same. in and stuff so mm-hmm. I, I was like I don't care I don't give a shit either I, I, I like him um, but again, that goes back to the issue of whether or not you unveil someone's face that has a mask. And then once people portray that person as a certain way of, they either think he fits the mold or he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that ruins people's, uh, impression of like that character. I get it, but I, I it needed to happen because it just showed his human side and it kind of makes the character more believable true but like face to go with it if you go back to like darth vader for example he was scary and menacing when star wars first came out because no one knew what he looked like he's just this guy behind a mask yeah and then kylo ren what happened when he took it off in the in episode (laughs) seven people immediately started making jokes because they didn't think that he fit the mold of like how a bad guy looks and they're like oh look at this guy thinking he's all cool with his helmet and stuff Otherwise, yeah. he would have been pretty menacing if he never took his helmet off, which mm-hmm. which I, I like the way that they like brought a human side to him in the, in the new series, to be honest. Yeah, I like that. He wasn't just like a straight up bad guy. Like he's a regular person with good attributes and bad attributes. And he's fighting between those two to be like who he thinks he should be. So I like that they brought that more human side to Kylo, but it did take away the scariness of who Kylo is because then you're like, eh, he's not that bad of a guy. He doesn't look that scary. Right. Teenage angst. Yeah. So yeah. Um, overall, I thought the episode was very good. It was a good length. It was just jam packed the whole way through. Um, lots of action story was good. Um, I thought it was a little weird at the end that the girl and the, uh, the guild, guy are just like oh we're just gonna stay here and have a good time i was like okay (laughs) yeah just how they kind of all came together is just weird i do like where they left the story for like where it may go so when they went to the other mandalorians down like in the tunnels all the mandalorians had gone yeah so they basically all given up they all took off their armor and just left did they, or are they just, like, relocating, or they're just dispersing? Well, once they take their armor off, they can't go back. Like, once they take their helmets off, all their helmets were off. They all have seen each other's identities and stuff now. Yeah, the, I, yeah. I still think... Yeah. If, if they're going along with the code, none of them uh-huh. can become Mandalorians again. Like, they're done. Yeah. So, I mean, one of two things. Either they come back and they break the code, or the Mandalorian, like, kind of... Uh, like they're just he's probably gonna form the new group or something. Like I don't think the Mandalorians are gone for good. Maybe like those that took off their armor might be gone, but that's gonna keep going. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that whole scene in general? Um, I didn't really get it. 
I don't know why they just kind of gave up. I don't know why they didn't just relocate. Like, they're just a bunch of badasses. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of indifferent about that scene. Didn't really impact me that much. Um, I'm glad he got his jetpack, though. That was pretty sick. What do you think of it? Uh, just a second. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, so I really like that scene, and I will tell you why. So yeah, I thought one, it was really cool. Um to see all like the armor taken off and i thought it was very much a moment of like this is it like they're not gonna they know that they can't hide anymore and that they're you know people are coming after them and they're just kind of done like they had this guild but they've been in hiding this whole time and their life sucks and it's not that exciting so they're kind of done. So when you kind of think of it, it seems like Mando is kind of like the last Mandalorian now. Yeah. I feel like they just kind of gave up too easily. But it was to save Mando. Like when he got stuck uh, from taking Baby Yoda, they all came out and saved him. Yeah. And then because of that, like now everyone's mad at them for, you know, killing a bunch of people and stuff. So it's... At least the way the show is portraying it, it seems like they're kind of like the last group of Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And I really liked how, one, it, it was just so, like, perfectly, like, in tune with being a video game where every time he goes <laughs> back to that girl... She just gives him some type of cool new armor. Like he turns in uh, more of those like uh, uh, metal metal, metal chunks or whatever. Yeah. And she just makes him like a cooler set of armor. And then all of a sudden, like he got like the ultimate upgrade this last time of getting his jet pack. And it's like, all right. Dude, I'm tell- yeah, like that. that's my main. It's not a complaint, I guess. I don't know what it is, but it would have been such a sick fucking video game, dude. Yeah. I would much rather see this being a video game than a show. I, I wouldn't say rather. I think they could do both. I think it's fine. Like, you can easily make another, you know, Star Wars bounty hunter type game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was very cool uh, with that aspect. And, like, they, she even said, like, you're not ready for this, but I'm giving it to you now. Like, you're going to have to, like, kind of, like, learn how to use it. So, like, in the beginning, like, he couldn't, like, you know, it was kind of like, okay, like, take your time and, like, it'll just work when, like, you're good. Like, when you, like, truly believe that, like, you're good. So, I thought, like, that was kind of cool. Of course, he ends up using it in the same episode, though. So, it's not like he had it, but he had to, like, learn how to use it, really. But it was cool, like, the way they spoke about it and stuff. Um, And then she also, in my opinion, foreshadowed what the next season's going to be about, which was super sick what what'd she say i don't remember she was talking about how uh he now has to take care of this kid oh right uh-huh. and he you you should go and try to find his people 
Oh yeah. Or oh, she also she also and named she, the she said she did not name the species. Are you sure? No. I'm pretty sure she did. No, they don't know what they don't know what it is. That's why she's saying go find them, go okay. find where this child is from and and find its people. Um, and then uh, so there was that, and then uh, there was also references to her saying like um, you know, train him as one of our own. Mm-hmm. like train him as a mandalorian and i was like oh my god baby yoda like mandalorian on a jetpack but also using the force like that like i just got the sickest images in my head of like oh my god like, like that'd be Jedi so cool but it's like yoda you got this yoda going around with this jetpack just using force abilities and doing all this cool stuff like that'd be so sick like them going around the galaxy together just like doing bounty hunter stuff but like yoda's like legit not just like a cute little baby anymore mm-hmm. i just thought that was really cool um so whichever of those happen like i'm totally okay with that being the the storyline like that'd be really cool to if like that's mainly what this series is about is like discovering like what type of species like the Yoda species is like where they come from, who they really are, why they're so powerful, you know? Yeah. And it's mainly just exploring like the background of, of that species. I'm totally okay mm-hmm. with that. Cause it's never been done before. So it's literally all new. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like a good direction to go in. Yeah. And I, I think that they'd be able to get a lot of content from that. And my guess is that from here on out, um, it's going to be longer uh, episodes and longer seasons. I hope so. I think they were really rushing this first season out, and now like they'll be good to go. So, uh, yeah. Really, really like the episode, and I'm excited to see where they go from here. Um, sticking with Star Wars, so... Yeah, let's make this uh, probably the last topic for this episode. Just unless you could think of one that could go well with it. Okay. And then um, the next one, we could kind of put it all together. Okay, sure. Um, so It's also because I'm starving now. Yeah, I'd like to get some food too. So it's kind of hitting dinner time here. Yeah. So the... Star Wars movie came out, uh, Rise of Skywalker, and it turns out that they had about 30 minutes of scenes and and stuff that they shot that fully explains how Palpatine survived. And so that and they cut it. could have... They cut it because they thought that people wouldn't care. <laughs> Like well, this what? Is a bad explanation, but I would really like to know. <laughs> so why? It, yeah. So um, there was an interview with the Huffington Post, and the editor um, of uh, Episode Nine, uh, Marianne Brandon, said that it was supposed to originally uh, shed more light on Palpatine's return, but they ultimately um, cut it. Um. It says because uh, it was in order to prevent fans from being bombarded with exposition. 
Like, and you know what? No, they didn't have it. That's all exactly that what fans want. Fans yeah. want to sit there for half an hour and you explain to them why this crazy thing is able to happen. Because guess what? Especially things with like in like pop culture that are this important, like Star Wars, people are going to analyze it like crazy. Mm-hmm. And unless you have something that's like bulletproof. People are going to find conspiracies or say like, oh, there's no way that would happen. And guess what? Everyone was just like, this doesn't make any sense. Because instead of a 30 minute like thing of, oh, this is basically how he's still here. Everyone just got like a word that says, oh, uh, there was a transmission with a rumor that Palpatine is still there. Like, oh, okay. I can't believe that episode happened. <laughs> so, like, if if they really did make that, why why skip that? I don't think that excuse is good enough, especially when uh, this movie was 10 minutes shorter than The Last Jedi. So, clearly, yeah. people are okay with a two-and-a-half-hour Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I would so be okay e- with a three-hour movie. Yeah, even if they found a way to just add, you know, 10 extra minutes of screen time in here to give a little bit more explanation that just starts off with like, like even if literally they started off with like uh, him falling down um, or like falling, falling off the ledge or whatever, getting thrown off the ledge by Vader, like just start right there. Like literally show that scene happening and then just use the camera and like follow him as he falls down now. And, like, we see what actually happened, and it turns out that, like, you know, he landed on a bed of pillows, and that's why he's okay. You know? But, like, they could have done that in a much better way to explain why all of that happened in the first place. And they just... And it it turns out they did. And just maybe we'll never see it. So, I'm hoping that they do release that content. They should. um, Whenever they do, like, the DVD or 4K, Blu-ray, whatever... Uh, I definitely hope they include that that scene or all those scenes or all the explanations. And then, like, maybe people could re-review the movie and be like, Cause who knows, right? Maybe they genuinely came out with, like, a really good explanation for it. But we don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it definitely wouldn't have saved the whole movie, but it would have made it a lot better. Yeah, but if it made sense from the beginning, because the whole point is that it just doesn't make sense why Palpatine is there. But if they at least came up with a good reasoning for why he actually is still alive, then okay, that like redeems the movie a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the issue with the movie was it was just cut, cut, cut. We go here, we go here, we go here. And it didn't really elaborate how or why they're doing it. Yeah. And that's where the expedition comes in. Yeah, exactly. You need in a movie. So, yeah, it was very disappointing. Um, the uh, and I think they got confused with that and filler. Like we don't like filler. If you're just adding stuff to make it longer, yeah, nobody wants to see that. But if there's a good reason for it, like that's a freaking good reason to add a half an hour into the movie. Oh, for sure. Especially when that's literally what the whole movie is based off of. And yeah. it's not just based off of that, but you're bringing back the literally the one character that connects all the nine franchise. movies. Yeah. You know, except technically he didn't really connect these last three until they decided to bring him into it. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't supposed to. And then, and then you find out like, oh, he's been behind it the whole time. Because mm-hmm. he was technically Snoke, 
So it's like, okay, I guess technically he com- he brings that. But if you do that, now then, yeah, he's behind like the bad stuff that happens in all three uh, trilogies. Like you need to focus on that. He's a big deal. So that was disappointing to hear because it shouldn't have been cut in my opinion. I agree. Um, and then uh, one of the actors too that was in it, uh, was it Monaghan? Dominic Monaghan from uh, Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was in it, which I thought was weird that he was in it because he played such a small role. I was like, why would you get like a pretty decently well-known actor? Well, the there was an actress, a well-known actress that was playing uh, Poe's like ex-girlfriend. You know, the one with the armor. They gave for him like the key, and they had like this fling or something, and they didn't elaborate on it. Wait, who? It was a person. They go into this planet, and they're trying to sneak in to grab something because they need this key, I guess, to go into like the imperial. Oh yeah, ship. you're talking about on the last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm f- I'm forgetting her name. No, no, but no the... not the last Jedi. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker. And the Rise oh. of Skywalker. There was oh. this person. Okay, yeah, and it and it, it turns out that she was also a stormtrooper that ran away. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. What about um, it? Or not a stormtrooper. It was a uh, it was uh, Poe. It was Poe's like fling person. Oh, po. oh, Poe. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, not Finn. Poe. Yeah, I was thinking of Finn. Uh, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. On that, so on that random, like, uh, scary-looking planet, yeah. Yeah, so she is actually a big actress, too. Apparently. But you never see her face. And you never see her face, and she barely had any screen time. <laughs> and so one of the reviewers that I was watching talking about this movie, they're like, J.J. Abrams just brought all his friends, said, hey, here's this tiny part, here's a million dollars. Like, come on by. Because I guess he and her were like close friends and she's in a bunch of his movies and so huh. was uh, uh, the the guy from Lord of the Rings. Like he's, I guess, w- was in a bunch of Abrams movies too. And there's like this whole conspiracy theory that he just like brought him in just like help them out and pay them a lot of money. <laughs> huh. Well, you know, it was, yeah, it was funny. Y- yeah. I-, I just think it's like if you're going to show someone like that, because like they did hidden characters, like obviously like uh, uh, Daniel Craig is a huge a actor, yeah. and like he was a stormtrooper and stuff. So like, I'm fine with them doing that little stuff that you know is kind of fun. And yeah. then you find out about it, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Or like um, Brad Pitt in the Deadpool. Yeah, or like uh, it turned out when they were filming that last uh, episode in the Mandalorian, they didn't have enough outfits, like stormtrooper outfits, to fill up the screen with that many stormtroopers. So, uh, uh, Favre, I can't, I always forget his last name or how to say it. Favre or Favre, Favre, I think, uh, the, uh, the person behind the, the series hit up literally like a local stormtrooper, like Star Wars club Mm -hmm. and was just like, Hey, do you all have like stormtrooper outfits? And they all said, yes. (laughs) And he was like, Hey, do you guys want to be in this last episode? Because we need extra stand-ins for stormtroopers. So, like, half the stormtroopers in that last episode are literally just, like, Star Wars fans. That's so cool. They got to act in that episode. Like, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Like, that's so cool when you, like, hear stuff like that. And then uh, 
Bill Burr was giving an interview. I can't remember who it was with, but I think it might have been actually on H3 or something. They were talking about the Mandalorian and like how he got the part. And he said like he went to some party or something and uh, Favre was there just like sitting on a couch and they were just talking and he was just like, hey, uh, what do you know about Star Wars? And he was like, "Eh, I don't know. Like I've heard of it, but I've never been a huge fan, but you know, it's cool. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm doing the new Star Wars. Would you like to be in it? And he was like, it was literally like that simple. He was like, you want to be in it? He was like, well, sure. <laughs> he was like, I really think you're going to like this. It'll be really cool. He's like, all right, cool. Just, you know, call my agent and they'll talk to you and we'll set up a date. Like it was literally just like a tiny little, uh, just like conversation, like with some drinks at a party. That's so funny. Um, yeah, and then it was funny because Bill Burr went on in that interview to, and they were talking about how like he's randomly like in really small parts in a lot of like really good shows and movies. <laughs> like, dude, he was in Breaking Bad. Yeah, and like his character was small, but like Breaking Bad's one of the greatest shows of all time, and somehow like Bill Burr ends up on that. <laughs> <laughs> But it was cool how he was talking about it uh, in a different interview. And uh, he was like, he was a crazy huge fan of the show before he was even on it. And then like, he was like lucky to even get a chance to be on it. Mm-hmm. And then he was like freaking out every time. Like he, he said uh, the episode where it, it takes place of Jesse and uh, Walter White um, down in the lab. And I think it's the fly episode where it's just a really slow episode of them talking to each other in the lab or whatever. Yeah. Um, Bill Burr was like, yeah, like, uh, when they're like, when Jesse's standing on the staircase or something and Walter's talking to him right next to him, he's like, I'm standing right behind the camera. So every time that episode comes on, he just like starts yelling at his wife. He's just like, I'm standing right there. I'm standing right there. Just watching this. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of cool though. Like people actually that are famous that are actually show like, uh, they're, they're fans of the show. And then like for them to actually be on it like it's a big deal to them instead of it just being about like oh here's my next thing or whatever like they actually care about what they're on mm-hmm. that was fun but it's kind of true that like he's been in a few like really awesome things randomly when you wouldn't consider him at all like a great actor or anything like that he's just kind of like a normal guy yeah that's so interesting yeah um so yeah uh I guess uh, we can wrap it up there. Uh, I'm hungry. Alex hungry. Uh, we got to go eat. Um, so that'll that'll do it for episode five of the Co-op yeah. Zone. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Coop Zone uh, One. Uh, you can find me at Dane Alexander Six Two on Instagram and Twitter. And Alec, they can find yeah, you at. You can find me everywhere, Alec Petoskey. Basically, all my handles: E Petoskey or Alec Petoskey. Just about on any platform. Potosky. Um, and uh yeah uh so that'll do it today and then next uh next episode will be about alex experience with the switch and zelda and get into some stats about next gen consoles and that will be a fun episode so i uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one and uh, we'll see you next week for another episode have a great day bye bye